Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's our two, Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Hall of Fame voice to you and me. That's Wyatt Thompson. Travion Berklin is wearing his Bruce Springsteen shirt. And, he, and you've never seen Bruce Springsteen live, right? I just saw him in February. Oh, you just saw him. Okay. I'll, um, Travion, if you want to tell the story, he was uh, sitting by a celebrity just not too long ago in uh, Los Angeles. Yes. I was at the Whiskey A Go-Go to see an 80s tribute band. And we had reserved a table, and right next to our table, there was a table reserved for Brendan Fraser. And I was like, this cannot be real, because it was the day after the Oscars, and I was like, there's no way. Um, but it was him, and it was him and his son, and they were really nice, so that was really cool. Well, Travion just bumping bumping uh, elbows with celebrities <laughs> in Los Angeles. He's a big deal now. Uh, still to come here in uh, hour number two a Wildcat Inside, we're going to hear from hashtag my boy. Deuce Vaughn, who spoke to the media on Friday after his pro day, got a good feeling that he might be selected in uh, the day, the three-day draft in Kansas City coming up here at the end of this month. But now we are joined by the head coach of the K-State men's basketball team. He is your Naismith Coach in the Year in Drum 10. Coach, greatly appreciate you joining us. And first of all, just congratulations on being named the Naismith Coach of the Year. Well, thank, thank you very much for having me on, and uh, you know it's obviously a huge blessing. But uh, with the the award and um, making sure everybody understands, this is a team award. If you don't have really good players that that do a great job on the floor, and you don't have a great staff, uh, it's it's not possible. And so it's, it's uh, the whole the whole program won that award. Coach, I'll congratulate you too. This is Wyatt. It was an amazing run, uh, certainly. I know you you were so close to the Final Four. Is that starting to maybe ease up a little bit where you can reflect back and say what a, a special run it was, or is there still a little bit of pain there for you? Uh, why there's, there's still some pain there, um, and I really haven't had a chance to, to think about much other than that we have to you know, re, reload the roster. Yeah. So we've, we've been full-fledged recruiting right now, and trying to make sure that we uh, turn over every rock and find the right 
uh, people to come be a part of our program. Coach, we were talking last hour about the job that you and your staff did growing this roster from two last spring to 15 and then what you accomplished. From your perspective, what are you most proud of of all of the things that happened with this group of guys? Wow. Man, that's a great question. Um, most proud. You know, I say that there's several things that I'm really proud of. Um, one being that uh, last summer when all the guys were on campus, um, we broke the summer GPA mm-hmm. uh, record, and then we broke the fall GPA record. <laughs> and so um, we're, we're hoping to set another record here in the spring and so that the guys finish up strong. Because I, I really believe how you do anything is how you do everything. And their, their diligence in the classroom and taking care of business there carried over onto the court. And, um, I mean... Just at where I was just at the Final Four, and uh, Keontae and Marquise were down there, and they had some different speaking engagements and different things that they had to go to. And I got calls from people, and when I ran into people, they, they didn't just compliment them on how they um, conducted themselves while they were in front of the crowd. They really complimented them on how humble they were behind the scenes when nobody was watching and how approachable they were. And so just to know that they are the same people when they're in front of the, when they're away from the camera, as they are when they're in front of the camera, uh, I'm really proud about that. About how our guys conduct themselves uh, on the court and away from the court. Earlier in the show, Wyatt and I were talking about your comments on the Field of 68 podcast and about going into the portal, the three players you want to pick up. You want veterans, guys that have played 90 games. You want a five and a couple of guards. With the guards that you're looking for, my question about that is. How much is a priority moving forward about their size? Because you just had Marquise Noel, who's 5'8". So are you like you wanting some guys that are a little bit bigger? Or, hey, I just had a 5'8 point guard. I can work with whatever. Man, uh, I, I'm, I'm with Marquise on that. It's uh, hard over height. I want guys who are tough and they're passionate and competitive and, and just addicted to the game of basketball. So I don't care how big or small they are, but you know, they, uh, that, that they are just, they can't go a day without touching the ball and they want to win. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, the basketball players come in all different shapes and sizes. You got to just find the ones that, that are just going to be uh, grittier and tougher than the guy on the other side. Coach, you've been around the game a, a long time, and I'm curious about how this has, I guess, turned from the standpoint of the transfer portal because so many are saying like what you're saying, and we all get it. Get old, stay old. My question is, do you see the, any change coming in that at all? And two, how does that affect freshman recruiting? Because to me, it has affected it to, to some degree. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to answer the second question first, that it has affected freshman recruiting because because those guys have a, a a free path, they can they can come in, and if things don't go the way they want, they can leave right away. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna uh, bring in a whole bunch of them because you can't win playing a whole bunch of freshmen. That's why we only signed three guys that we thought could come in and help us win uh, right away. All three of them, and and then now it's their job to come in and earn that. But we believe that they're talented enough to be able to do that. Um, now, back to the first part, how has it changed? Well, you know, 
you want to get old. The, the, the hope is that you can get old together, uh, but the nature of the game is that people are going to move because they can be eligible to play right away. So it, it makes it a little trickier to grow older together. And I think Ish comes to mind on this too. I, I think you're the coach. I'll, I'll let you say this, but but from my perspective, I think he's a great young man and and had a nice role for you. Was this anything more than just him wanting a bigger role somewhere else, or or did you have that discussion at all? No, uh, uh, you know we had a, a really honest conversation. Ish is a terrific human being, yep. and I'm so thankful that he was here this year. And uh, I would love for him to be back uh, next year. Um, but good business is when both sides win. And uh, I, I need I asked him what his uh, what did success look like for him in the upcoming year, and then explained to him what my thought process was for the upcoming year. And uh, Ish, Ish wanted something different than what I, I laid out for him. And I told him to go look for it and see if he could find it. And if he didn't find it, then we could revisit this conversation again. And and so that, that's what he's doing. But I want the very best for Ish. Um, you know, I, I hope he's able to find some place that he could, uh, you know, do what he wants to do and the way he wants to do it. And if that's not the case, I hope that, you know, we can then still have the opportunity to sit and talk about this again. You spent 19 years at Baylor and you and Scott Drew, you guys are brothers. But when it comes to the portal – would you feel comfortable recruiting somebody that would be transferring from Baylor into the portal, or is there maybe some sort of etiquette that would prohibit you from doing that? What's your thought there? No, I mean, uh, if we had a kid leaving and Scott wanted to recruit him, he would call and, and ask my opinion and my thoughts. And if they had a kid leaving that uh, I, you know, I wanted to recruit, I would call and, and you know ask for his thoughts, and you know we would both. Bless each other. I think um, we would definitely prefer for our kids to play for each other rather than play for somebody else, you know, if they could help us win. Coach Jerome Tang is our guest. <coughs> Coach, when you when you have the kind of season that you guys put together <laughs> and you become the Naismith National Coach of the Year, I- I'm curious as to uh, – are, are there people in the media or just general speaking media people that see you differently now? Can you can can you can you describe what that's been like for you? Not, well, I can't really speak for what the media thinks. <laughs> all that you know, I mean, yeah. you guys, you guys, you guys could probably speak to that uh, better than I could. And so, you know, I'm I'm just the same old guy, man. When uh, you know, I am. <laughs> They say that, uh, like, when I became a head coach, you know, you get all these text messages about don't don't big time me or this and that. I'm the same guy, yep. you know. I mean, uh, the the title didn't change me, and and the title didn't make me. You know, I'm I'm the same person, and and we've had success this year, but but you know, I'm the same guy, and you know, they say sometimes success doesn't change you; it changes the way the people around you act, and so I'm hoping that. The people around me will act the same because I plan back the same. <laughs> well, Coach, I thought it was awesome that in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight that you guys, I, I don't know, I, well, I'll ask the question, you guys got the Knicks locker room. And I'm sure that meant the world to those guys, especially like Marquise Noel from New York City. You got Kamal Anthony's locker. But how did K-State end up with the Knicks locker room? Did you guys request that or was it luck of the draw? Seed. 
I, I think we're the higher seed. Oh, that's how it works. And, and, yeah, and they put the higher seed in, in that. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, FAU would be glad they had their locker room because that seems to be a little luckier. <laughs> Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about some of the guys that return for you. I think we all um, see, like a Naquan Tomlin as, as an example, uh, kind of give us a sense of maybe what you are expecting out of him next year. I thought he had a marvelous year, and we all know that uh, he's just scratching the surface of, of what he could be. How good can Naquan Tomlin be in your eyes? Uh, I think Quan could be an All-American next year. And uh, I'm expecting him to have an All-American type season, and uh, I, I'm expecting a ton of growth on the floor and a ton of growth off the floor. And I've already seen examples of it. You know, I asked him to make sure that the team gathered and uh, watched at least one of the games, the final four games, because we plan to be playing in it next year. And he gathered the whole team, and uh, you know, they got wings, and they watched it in the locker room together, and then. You know, so I, I want him to just really take a leadership role on um, off the court as much as I want him to take one on the court. Also. Was there, uh, talk about yourself here for a second and something you, maybe you're most proud of. As a coach, was there a call that you made in a game that you look back on and you're like, that's the one I'm most proud of? No, I, I don't never never think about it that that, that way. I um, I think our, our staff they do a really good job of um, we're all on the same page and and sharing ideas and just you know I I I really like how we operate during timeouts where everybody you know has input and we come to a, you know decision on what we want to do. I thought as a staff we were really good you know and after timeouts. Our ATOs were, were, were really good. Our under-OBs, I thought we did a really good job as a staff with that. I felt like defensively we did a good job of keeping the other team off balance and doing some different things coming out of timeout. So I, I, just, I, was, I thought we did a, our, our staff did a great job. I'm not going to lie, that was my unique way of potentially getting the answer of the Michigan State you know, lob. I, everybody's been throwing it at you in some way or another. That was my, uh, that was my shot there. Um, all right, so a couple of fun ones here, Coach, before we let you go. Going back to the vibe in that people caught on to in, in, during March Madness, and it, it went viral. I mean, it, was, you know, it really caught people's attention about how fun K-State basketball is behind the scenes and that little Baby song, but you admitted in that Field of 68 podcast, you have no idea who Lil Baby is. I'm 32 years old. I don't know him either. So if Jerome Tang had the opportunity to pick the song or pick the artist to vibe to with the team, what would you pick? Oh, to vibe with the team. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm more of an R and B type of guy. The team wouldn't like what I was picking the vibe with. Uh, but but I do, I will tell you this that my 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 favorite uh, pregame or um, uh, like shoot around song that we play and is uh, Sam Hunt's Body Like a Back Road, and uh, so that 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 that's my jam right there. There you go. All right, so what about, because uh, I heard you you built a theater room in your home or you had one put in, is that right? 
Yeah, we we changed the upstairs so that um, the the goal was that we'd watch film up there with the team this year, but it took a lot uh, a lot longer than I thought to, to get it done. So, is there a movie you're dying to watch in there, or maybe a movie you're like you've been telling your kids you got to watch this movie? It's an all time classic. Um. Well, me and my kids we're all like movie buffs, so there's a bunch of them. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to watch some of the Marvel movies. Because of you know the great sound uh, effects and and just just the just the whole um, the way what do my kids call it CGI I think it's what it's just just all of that to see how it pops off the screen and the surround sound how it hits and um, and then my wife she falls asleep during the movie so that that that's that's her sleep time and <laughs> and our enjoyment time. <laughs> Well, Coach, to wrap up, I just want to say I, I'm one of the few in the in the K State media that was born and bred K State. Um, you know, I've been around here all my life. I was born here in Manhattan. And I just want to thank you and your staff and the players for the one of the most memorable seasons in any sport that I've had in my life. So, um, thanks again. It was so much fun to follow you guys all season long, and and can't wait to continue this journey into next season. Well. Um, my family and I and our staff and their families all like just fired up to be in Manhattan, Kansas, and be a part of this terrific Wildcat family. And um, this is just the start, and just so excited to see what God is going to do with this program uh, moving forward, and uh, the terrific young men that He's going to bring to Manhattan, and how we're all, all of us. Our, our fans have voted the number one fan base in America, you know, and uh, just just to see how we all impact their lives to make them have the best college experience uh, ever. And so super excited, uh, super excited about football season and baseball season and just, just all, all the great sports we have here, the great coaches. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just a, just a blessed man and very thankful. Coach, I'll say to close, too, I appreciate you so much. Enjoyed the ride. Thank you. And congratulations again on the Naismith and, and an amazing season. We, we appreciate it very much. Thanks a lot, White. All right, thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. All right, go Cats. Go Cats, indeed. That's K-State head men's basketball coach and your Naismith Coach of the Year, Jerome Tang, here on Wildcat Insider. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about another very loved Wildcat, and that's Deuce Vaughn after this. All right, if you're in your cars right now, driving home or to the grocery store or to karate or something, uh, honk your horn if you like Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> I hope that's raising hell on the streets right yeah, now because Deuce Vaughn's is. the man. Yeah. He's hashtag my boy. And you know what? He's got a shot. He's sure. got himself a shot to play at the next level. And he, uh, I was, I was impressed. I mean, I've seen him run the ball a hundred times, more than a hundred times, and I've always been, you know, very impressed by the the ability for Deuce Vaughn to create space or get out in space or catch the football, break away and break tackles and, you know, all the stuff you talk about a running back and all the great things they, they can do. I'm no professional on uh, draft day. I'm no, uh, oh gosh, Mel Kuyper. 
But uh, I got to say, during his pro day, there was obvious signs of why there were 32 scouts there for the NFL. Sure. For NFL teams, more than 32 scouts. There were guys from the CFL, the USFL. I didn't see anybody from the XFL. So uh, somebody needs to call The Rock and tell him, Cat's got some talent too. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn is going to get his opportunity. What I was most impressed with was his, just the footwork with the with the bags on the ground, back and forth, just running through them and stuff. Talk about just some quick feet. If that's, you know, when you watch a running back and when you watch a guy do his thing, you typically don't look at their feet. With a running back, maybe more often than not, than anybody else, watch Deuce Vaughn's feet a little bit more. Yeah, That guy can create some masterpieces with those with those feet. I, I think there are so many things we could talk about with Deuce, but for me, it, it comes down to production, most of all. Secondarily, I, I would say just the durability that he displayed through, what, 37 career games. So you, you, you combine the durability of being out there every weekend with the production – and you've got yourself a heck of a football player. I mean, not, at the end of the day, that's it. And it isn't just a guy who can run the ball. It's a guy who's one of the best catchers on the team of, of, uh, in, in the pass game. Um, he didn't do a lot of returning after his first year. Certainly probably could have. <laughs> I think they were very creative in, in the way they used him, um, moving him all over the field because – you know, defenses. I mean, he was he was a nightmare for defenses. There's no doubt about that. And I, I I'm anxious to, you know, see you know what lies ahead for him because this is April and the draft is in April and I think he's got a shot and I think he's got a chance. We'll see. Um, but uh, I hope he makes it just from the perspective of how much he has put into it. He loves football. It's all he's ever really. I mean, he's, he's been a football guy and a football family. From birth. Yeah. And um, I think it's helped him in, in many, many ways. He's a unique individual and a hugely unique talent. Well, you talked to the K-State media on Friday after his pro day and, and touched on a number of topics, including what you just mentioned about his family and getting some advice there. Also, uh, you know, the decision on to leave K-State early and pursue his dream of playing in the NFL. Uh, dr- uh, Deuce Vaughn, 4.4340. That would have been the fifth fastest in the NFL Combine for running backs. He did not run the 40 uh, at the uh, at the NFL Combine, but I think there's no doubt the uh, the scouts were impressed by what they saw with Deuce Vaughn. He spoke to the media after his pro day, and here was that interview. Was it tension-filled, or were you approaching it pretty relaxed? Uh, a little tension-filled. I was a little sick earlier in the week. Uh, I had a sinus infection, 101 and a half uh, fever. So it was a little tension-filled that I was actually going to get to come out here and do this. Uh, but felt pretty good enough to come today. And, uh, man, it's like a weight has been lifted now that it's over. It's time to get back to getting ready to play some football. After all you proved here in college, what did you want to show scouts in this you know, past couple of Right. Weeks. For myself, I wanted to showcase that, of course, route running and uh, being able to catch the ball at the backfield. And then uh, outside today, even though we had 30 mile an hour wins, be able to uh, track a football uh, punt wise, be able to catch it, uh, secure it cleanly. Uh, it was a little tough today with the, with the wins, but I feel like I did a pretty good job. And then, of course, coming here, you're always going to have the uh, kind of the 
the narrative of, of the 40, and I, and I, I feel like everybody kind of feels like I'll do a good job in the, the cone drills and stuff like that, but wanted to come out here and run a good 40 as well, and I, I feel like I did a pretty good job. You know what you ran? 41? I do not know, sure. uh, but I only ran one because I was sick uh, earlier, so I didn't want to gas myself because uh, I know I had a lot on my plate today, uh, but I feel pretty good about it. How valuable is it to kind of have your dad be so informed about this process? Uh, it was actually huge throughout the entire process, throughout the last three months. I'm um, being able to call him every night, every night that I need to call him and ask him questions about uh, going to the combine, about what I'm going to experience at the combine, what uh, what I should do with these all these interview calls and uh, getting on Zoom calls with coaches and, and scouts. And uh, But he also, one of the biggest things that he told me was to just be yourself. And uh, that's what I did throughout the process. If I had any questions for him, uh, I didn't hesitate to ask, and I appreciate him so much for that. Was he at the combine? He was. Uh, I did not see, actually I did see him the first day, but after that I did not see him. Uh, and man, it, it was like run, everybody was running around at the same time. So it man, he didn't have a lot of uh, downtime down there. So, but it was a good time. What's next in this draft, draft process for you? Uh, for myself, so now uh, you get to do some like private workouts. Uh, so I'll be in here in Manhattan for about another two, about two weeks. Uh, and then you get to do some more interviews uh, over Zoom calls. Uh, but now get to the fun party. So getting back to, to working out for football, I uh, get to working out to, to get ready for really rookie mini camp and, and OTAs and, and getting back to playing football. So I'm super excited about this next step. Deuce, your, your story begins with your size. Should it be that now, considering what you've accomplished? I feel like it's always going to be that. Yeah. I feel like I can't control that narrative, uh, but it's always going to be there. It's always been there, uh, but it's never determined the way that I've worked. It's never determined the way I go about my business. It's never determined uh, exactly how I step into a football field. No, I, it's not going to determine that uh, going forward. So I'm super excited for this next step, and I know everybody that's supporting me, all my support system that's been there uh, for the entire journey is going to be there. Uh, going here, it's, it's not going to be an easy one, but I'm super excited to attack it. When you see a Devin Singletary, when you see the Chiefs running backs, uh, frankly, does it give you inspiration that, you know, that, that there's a spot for you in the league? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest and most, I guess, encouraging things uh, for, for myself is hopping on these phone calls with, uh, with running back coaches and special team coaches, and they're telling me, you're, you're not too small. Uh, they're telling me I wouldn't be on the phone with you if you were too small. And that's been uh, huge for my confidence uh, going into this next level, that they have belief in me. Uh, and these are teams that may not even pick me, but these coaches are telling me uh, that, that you're not too small to play in this league. And you see the guys, Tariq Cohen, like you said, the Devin Singletary's and the Darren Sproles and the, the Denny Woodheads and all the guys that have, have done it at this high, high level. And it gives me a lot of, a lot of confidence and uh, just kind of tells me to keep attacking the way I have been uh, these past three years. It's been referenced so many times with Darren, but what, what has he told you? about this process. I know you guys are close. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing that he told me was to be yourself and, and catch punts. Uh, he was like, it's going to be in the easiest and most fastest way onto the football field because not a lot of guys do it. Not a lot of guys are good at it. That's one way to put yourself in, in, in space and be able to showcase what you can do on an offense is, is to catch punts. And uh, it's probably one of the biggest uh, I guess tips of advice uh, for myself because for the past three months I've been catching punts almost every single day that I can and now I'm starting to get comfortable with it. So now by the time we get to rookie minicamp and get into the summer, uh, I'm hopefully as, as comfortable as, as need be to be able to catch it clean every single time and uh, that's just another way to get onto the football field early. You man. look comfortable in the, in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> man, that, that wind was tough. I'm not going to lie to you. There was sometimes that ball was up and it darted back to the left and uh, man, but it's, it's, hey, get thrown into the fire, man. That's the best way to learn. You should be used to it, Manhattan. Kansas. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt, man. How many teams would you say you've interviewed with so far? Um, I'd say as far as at the combine, uh, a lot of informal. Uh, I think I talked to 25, 24 informal. And then as far as kind of like private, 
I'd say about 10 or 11 uh, teams I've talked to on Zoom calls or over the phone. And was it a hard decision to, to leave Kansas State with the year of eligibility? It was. Left? It really was. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of people would think that like leaving after three years is a dream come true. But I really did. I, I love this place. I love playing inside of Bill uh, Snyder Family Stadium. I love these guys inside this locker room. I love these coaches. And uh, it was just one of those things that as a business decision, as as far as I, I, I don't think my body could have done them 300 touches uh, this past year. I battled through a lot of stuff to, to be on that football field, and uh, just one of those decisions I made with my family, and uh, understood that. Another year, um, it's not going to help my draft stock. It's not going to help anything like that. And understanding that this has been a dream for a very, very long time, and uh, it's time to go and attack it. Yeah, you're close. Are you going to the draft? Are you get physically? Are you going to go to Kansas City? Or? I do not know yet. Okay. Um, I'm because I will be down in Austin, Texas. Uh, I know that Felix uh, lives uh, in KC, mm -hmm. so I may come up uh, a day early uh, on that day one. Uh, to be with him. I uh, don't know exactly yet. We're still trying to figure it all out. Uh, but uh, if not, I'll be down. Oh, I cut off early there, but uh, he's saying, yeah, maybe I'll be in Kansas City for the draft with Felix. You know, you never know. Felix might get uh, an invite for <laughs> Greener. We don't know. He's from Kansas City himself. Uh, is Felix any DK Uzama? Uh, but again, that was Deuce Vaughn back on Friday with the K-State media. You know, it was... He, <laughs> Him talking about the decision to come back or not, that reminds me of the pep rally for the Sugar Bowl. You're up on stage with Deuce Vaughn, and I think you brought up the question about staying for another year or not, but the fans started chanting one more year. <laughs> so have you seen those videos on, on Twitter or whatever of um, R.J. Garcia yeah. interviewing you know other what? players? R.J. has he, – he's got interview skills. He's got the chops. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a really neat young guy, and I think he wants – maybe to do a little of the communications thing. I think he'd be pretty darn good at it. I, I really like his ability to – it isn't just asking good questions. It's having fun with it too. And yeah, that's what sticks out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he, I think it was mentioned when he was talking to Deuce Vaughn that it was maybe Felix that got the chance started. Any recollection of that? You mean at the bowl? At the bowl game, at the I, pep rally. I think that is accurate. I don't know that <laughs> for sure. But uh, and I'll I'll be full disclosure here. I was not going to ask, but when the chant started, you can't not at that point. And and I think Deuce respected that, um, and said what he said. And and I I think we all probably knew at that point that he was leaning the way he went, meaning you know coming out a year early. And as he said in your piece there a moment ago, it was not an easy decision, but it was a smart one and probably the right thing to do. Be hard to argue with him from from those those points, I suppose. You don't ever think about the three hundred touches. I, I wrote that down in listening, and I wrote down route running, which I think he's pretty good at. You know, catching those punts, the the Darren Sproles thing, I, I thought was very telling. Um, that would certainly be a way for him to get on to the field uh, early on if and when he gets that chance, and I think he will, uh, whether it's exhibition or whatever. Um, we know he can do it. it you know, I, I, just, I just think the guy's good enough to play at that level. If he gets an opportunity, I think he'll show him too. Well, and uh, he actually – Deuce Vaughn never returned a punt. Nope. In his college career, he did return a few kickoffs, but that was on the COVID year. I think that was when it was necessary. They needed him out there to return some kicks. Yep. So it was only out of necessity to have Deuce Vaughn out there. Other than that, it was always Malik and, and Phillip. Yeah, well, and you understand that too. Both of those guys were – I was looking at some of those numbers today. 
um, with with Philip coming back and Malik not. It, it's it's amazing when you put their numbers together in terms of return yardage, in terms of all-purpose yards. Whether I mean, <laughs> both of those guys caught passes. They carried the ball. Both were capable of being punt and kick return guys. And you put that over the course of a, a long period of time, it ends up a lot of yards. The last projection I saw for Deuce is a day three guy, maybe fifth round. You know, we have two more Wildcat insiders coming up after that. I'm sure I'll, I'll save that topic for a later day about Wildcats and their potential to be picked up in the NFL draft, like actually being drafted. It could be definitely three or four guys. Sure. They get picked up in uh, this year's draft in Kansas City. Well, I think you can certainly look at a, a guy like Felix Anudike Uzama, who you mentioned earlier. Julius Brintz, I, I think some of his measurables uh, were off the charts at the Combine. I, I don't think there's any question that you could even probably say that both of those guys could be, you know, second round or better type picks. Um, after that, I think it gets a little more interesting because, again, you never really know. But I, I thought it was really interesting for me personally hearing Deuce talk about the people that he's had some conversation with, but also I think he said 11 teams that he's at least Zoomed with or mm -hmm. talked to you know, in some way, shape, or form about you know, what he would bring to the table, what their interest is, you know, all, who knows what is all said and those kind of things and what have you. But I, I do think <laughs> I think he's proven with those those um, comments that there there are teams interested in one Deuce Vaughn. I was surprised to see Malik Knowles actually who was not at the pro day. So yeah. I, I don't know the story there, but I will say who else was very uh, very entertaining and very impressive. Echo Boydo. Echo Boydo, I exactly. I would go there. Because of the speed. Well, and, and his ability to cover. I, I think, you know what, Echo is a very interesting young man for me because I think he's, the speed element is the obvious part, but he just got better, and, and clearly he was well coached, but he got better and better and better as a, as a cover guy. And when you could put those two guys on the field together with he and Julius Prince at corner, and then some of the other guys that they've played with over the last couple of years, it's not a real big secret defensively why K-State showed the improvement in the last two years that they have with uh, Coach Coach Klanderman and, and obviously Coach Kleiman. Also, were you there? At uh, the part party? of it. Not okay. all of it. Part of part. Well, I, yeah. I also, I, and I mentioned this Friday, but I, I felt really bad for Eli Huggins. Yeah. Uh, and, he, you know, I th who knows – what will happen with him? I hope he gets a shot. Yeah, I really truly do. Uh, during his pro day, uh, lower left leg injury, it appeared to be. Um, I've heard whispers what it could be. I'm not going to mention it because yeah. I don't know if that's a fact or not. So I uh, won't speculate here. But it was, you know, it did seem like at the time it was it was pretty bad. I saw him. He couldn't put any weight on that left leg. He had to be, you know, he's a big dude. Two yeah. people had to help him into uh, what appeared to be just like a side room. There was a trainer's table, and and then he disappeared. So. But I hope, absolutely hope for the best for Eli Huggins, one of my favorite players from the last couple of years no in those guard. And I will say, <laughs> people, I, I think K-State's going to have a really nice team next year, but next year is when they'll find out how good Eli really was. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be hard, hard to replace. So is Deuce, you know, others. But, wow, was he a good, solid, quality football player. All right, when we come back on Wildcat Insider, I suppose we'll touch on uh, 
a coach that's been hired in Lawrence. Next. Ten minutes or so left before we hit the top of the hour. All right, so this news coming out Friday. And it was some double-take news for sure. You're like, well, what did I just see? That's uh, it's quite the weird headline there. Sean Snyder is now working for the enemy, the rival, the school out to the east. can barely say its name, Wyatt. <laughs> the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah. Very weird sentence. Sean Snyder is now the special assistant to the head coach at KU, which this is not my joke originally, but that's a very Dwight shoot. True, uh, Dwight Schrute um, job title. I don't know if you get that reference from the office, but um, I don't know what an assistant to the head coach at KU is necessarily, but don't take that away. Let the job title take away that Sean Snyder now working for KU. Yeah. I made a big deal about it like early on, just kind of like, you know, building up a little bit to just basically say, yes, it's very interesting and it does feel odd. But I know there were some K-State fans out there that thought that Sean Snyder's a traitor. And how could he possibly do that to K-State after all the years that his dad was the head coach, Sean is an, was an All-American punter at K-State, um, that how, how could he do such a thing? I mean, I didn't see it that way. First of all, he's not Bill. Uh, that would be a much, much bigger deal. Uh, but also, I mean, at the same time, he's a coach. He didn't go straight from K-State to KU. That would have been a bigger deal. But he had two other stops before going to KU. I mean, to me, without knowing any insider details or anything, this is as close as home as he can be while still coaching at the D1 level and still you know, working for college football at the D1 level. That's just my thought. Well, I guess what I would say right out of the gate is when I first got word of it, I'm not going to kid you. I was really surprised, taken aback by it, honestly. Um, I, I guess because, if nothing else, it never really occurred to me that that would even be a possibility. You just don't allow yourself to think that way. Or, and I'm talking about me, not anybody else. Um, yeah, I, I don't see Sean in this deal as a traitor in any way. Um, I, I've had uh, the opportunity to work with Sean for many years, and uh, I really, truly appreciate him for just the type of guy he is first. And, and clearly he's a really fine football coach. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll just say it like this. I, I don't know that I, I, I'm happy for Sean, uh, and yet it's a little tougher uh, with the K-State in you to – to be way excited about it. That's just, but that's just me. I want to stress that again. That's just me thinking, but I, I don't see that as the the traitor thing or whatever. And it and and you know what? I, I did see a uh, an, a clip of him on television this weekend at one point where he talked about you know for thirty years he was here, and a lot of guys you know jump here and jump there and jump here and jump there. He didn't have any of that in the first part of his career, mm-hmm. and and I think that's you know good fortune in, in so many ways. Uh, and I, I think he <laughs> obviously loved it here. But, but you know, he's still got some time left in a career. And 
being close, I, I suppose that was, was pretty enticing. Um, and, and he'll have an opportunity there to do a lot of things that he's really good at. That's, that's the reality. But we do now have to change the name to the stadium, though. It's Bill Snyder family <laughs> minus Sean Stadium now. And his name is, is on the stadium. It is. I, I, yeah, again, I, I don't have any you know, hot takes or anything about this. It right. just it is what it is. He's a coach, and he's going to continue to do what he loves to do. Yeah. I just don't know exactly what his job title is. Well, I think he's – I mean, I'm maybe reading some of this too, but when you're an assistant to the head coach – that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I mean, right? it kind of sounds like he's an intern getting coffee, but it also yeah. means. I think you know, of we're course. all. I think we all know. Yeah. There's way, 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 way more to it than that. Yeah. I, I think. Um, I have a lot of respect for Lance Leipold as, as a as a coach and what he has done at Kansas, and I, I think it's admirable. Uh, and and then more uh, what he's done in a couple of years there to get their fortunes turned around. And much like a lot of other people, maybe not a lot, but but some other people, the transfer portal has allowed him to to get to a, a little closer to where he wanted to be quicker than maybe it might have been a decade ago or, or whatever. Um, give him credit for that. And to hire a guy like Sean, you know, I, I think all of us would say, <laughs> I, I've never heard, I'm not... In the last couple of days, I've not heard one person say, mm, that's a bad hire. No. Nobody's going to say that. No one. No. And, so that tells you kind of all you need to know. And, and my jokes aside, I, obviously, <laughs> I don't really think it's he's going to be an intern and getting coffee for Lance and making lunch runs and, you know, heading on to uh, Jimmy Johnson, pick him up a sandwich. Right. Um, no, it seems like a much he'll, more... He'll have his hand in a lot of things there, I think. Oh, I mean, it sounds like yeah. he's going to be the right-hand man. Yeah. In a way. I, I think that's exactly what the title really is. Again, it's a little different everywhere now. Um, the The structure of, of these coaching staffs for major college football and basketball are a lot different now than they once were, and they're continuing to change and evolve, if we're being honest about it. It's just kind of what it is. Well, I mean, if it's true that Sean Steiner wanted to be the head coach after after Bill retired, I mean, this is maybe as close as he gets. Yeah, when who goes, knows? When it comes to a head coaching job, if you're working this closely with the head coach, just, you know, again – I don't know the exact definition of this role, but I would guess it's you know has a lot to do with strategy, and I, I think there's no doubt he'll work in some sort of mentoring role as well. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and I you know I, I said this when he worked here, and I I won't change what I'm saying now just because he's he's at the University of Kansas. He's one of the best special teams guys that I, I've known in my lifetime, yeah. um, and I don't know that that necessarily changes just based on you know. Where he's located at the at the moment, um, I, I've just seen K State w- with his tutelage just do too many things for yeah. so long that you just kind of take it for granted. I know that's not the way you're supposed to do it, but with all of the success that they've had, it's uh, it's extraordinary, really. All right, real quick, who do you got winning the Natty tonight? You got you're gonna take uh, you gonna take UConn to win big, or you think San Diego State might be able to sneak in a good game? Uh, I think it. I think San Diego State will compete, but but I do think UConn has been the best team, and I think they'll prove it tonight. I think it probably will be a double-digit game, just based on what they've done to this point. Yeah, I got to go UConn. They've beaten everybody. They've beaten everybody up pretty good. Yeah, they heading have. into this title game, so uh, have to go with the Huskies to win another national championship. They've never lost a national championship game in their program history. All right, Wyatt. Thanks again. We'll My see pleasure. you next week. You got it for Travion Wyatt. I'm Mitch. 
Go Cats! Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.